Welcome to another edition from Perspectives from Rothschild Co. My name is Laura Kunlin, and for today's edition, I am once again joined by our global investment strategists, Kevin Gardiner and Victor Balfour, to discuss recent events and markets. We've had a couple of very eventful weeks since the last recording of this podcast. It started with the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, and then over the last weekend, we saw the merger of Credit Suisse and UBS. And I think especially the latter made us think a lot. I actually started my professional career as an investment banking analyst, working for Credit Suisse in the London office. And I think, Kevin, you also spent bits of your career at Credit Suisse. That's right, a long time ago, but yes, I was there too. How did we get here and how did this happen? Well, let's uh, let's try and decide where here is to begin with. Uh, is this uh, Are these a series of events which are important but so far unrelated? Or is it something which tells us that we're on the brink of the next financial crisis? It's possible for the time being that where we are is the former, that we've seen some very idiosyncratic banks get into difficulties, but that their woes don't necessarily tell us anything yet about the wider system. So in the case of the Californian banks, for example, uh, they're in the wrong sector at the wrong time. In at least one of those instances, they were managing their treasury operations in a rather unusual way. And in the case of, of Europe, sadly, I uh, love it to bits, but Credit Suisse has been a serially unlucky bank in recent years. And it may well be that this is telling us more about Credit Suisse's business risk than it is about the banking se sector generally. And I think the biggest question out there is, what about the contagion risk? Why isn't this another September 2008, Victor? Yes, I mean, so the, the question that everyone's been asking, is this another uh, canary um, in the coal mine, so to speak? Um, and I guess the, the question about 2008, you know, which was a, a systemic crisis, you know, we saw the banking system seized up in 2008, stock markets hard, and of course the economy um, entered um, a, a kind of deep recession. Memories of, of that episode are etched into our minds, though it was a, a very painful episode. Um, and I, know, I don't want to downplay the risks, but I think as we see it, a crisis at one or two banks um, is not the same um, as a banking crisis. Um, it was inevitable that I guess that higher interest rates would eventually expose some parts of the uh, global economy. Um, some cyclical cracks are now becoming apparent in some banks. <clears throat> But I think our view is that these are quite specific risks associated with SVB and Credit Suisse, as, as kind of Kevin pointed out there. Um, and they're not symptomatic um, of the wider banking system. Now, of course, given the nature of the risk, you know, I don't want to say that further market volatility and nervousness isn't isn't is, isn't uh, unlikely uh, but of course you know we've seen a pretty sharp response from the central banks um, and of course you know as, in terms of the wider banking system it appears to us to be better capitalized at the moment and what do balance sheets look like at the moment generally speaking is there a difference between european and us banks so it's, it's a good question so i think you know overall when we you know, look at the the two different banking cohorts the us and europe there doesn't seem to be a great divide divide between them um You know, measures of market stress or, or kind of health of the banking system, um, they're broadly kind of in line. No, no particular indicators flashing red at the moment, certainly not, certainly not at levels that we saw back in, in 2008. Um, uh, to give an example, you know, credit default swaps, measures of default risk, um, these have only moved uh, modestly higher. Um, credit spreads, which are, you know, reflecting uh, another risk measure for corporate bonds, um, these are still relatively subdued. Um, and as for bank balance sheets, you know, in aggregate, these are significantly better capitalized than they were 
you know, 15 years ago or so, um, uh, certainly far, far above the kind of 2008 levels. Um, as we see it, the kind of system is generally safer um, and, and better, uh, better capitalized at the moment. Kevin, do you think this will change central banks' policy? I think it could do in the short term, because rising interest rates must have played some part, even in the difficulties of these individual banks. And if there were to be a wider crisis, we don't think there need be one, as Victor was saying, but if there were to be one, and the risk of that happening itself poses this, um, if there were to be one, that, that would be a significantly deflationary event. And it would mean that central banks wouldn't need to be raising interest rates any further. In fact, they might want to think about going in the opposite direction. So it could indeed change the way that central banks view the world. So far, at least, um, it looks as if the European Central Bank and most recently the Federal Reserve, they are continuing to raise interest rates. Um, so they're not being completely deflected from doing that by this, by the added risk uh, facing the banking system. But it's quite possible that had we not had this risk, they might have acted even more dramatically than they have done in the last few weeks. So, yeah, I do think it will at the margin change monetary policy in the short term, at least. I mean, I just I just add to that. I mean, in a comment I made earlier, just, just following on, I think it's it's also important to recognise the Fed, the ECB and the SMB are using other tools at their disposal to, to manage the kind of liquidity issue in, in the market. You know, the Fed's introduced this new bank term funding program um, to provide liquidity on demand. Um, ECB stands ready. And of course, the SMB did act in the case of Credit Suisse before um, that forced union with UBS. So they have other tools at their disposal in addition to, to kind of blunt policy interest rates. So before we wrap up, what do recent events mean for the broader market then? Well, if there is now a financial crisis, again, as as Victor was saying, as I said earlier, we don't think there needs to be one. We think probably won't be. But if there were to be one, that would be, put bluntly, that would be good news for bonds. It would be very bad news for stocks. But we don't think it's likely to happen. And we try to take a one-year view in Mosaic portfolios. So this is keeping us on hold as far as stock markets are concerned. But we were waiting to add money there. So we still have a, a positive bias towards stocks. And as far as bonds are concerned, they were a little bit pricey beforehand. We still had an ongoing underweight there. And we're not chasing the bond market higher here. We think they're now looking uh, a little bit more expensive once again. So if there isn't financial crisis now we think it's still right to be waiting for just the right time to be putting money into stocks and as far as the bonds are concerned it's not our favorite asset class just yet right let's close on that many thanks if you want to find out more about the topics discussed in this episode please go on www.rothschildandco.com forward slash insights thank you for listening Please note, this audio content is produced by Rothschild & Co. for information purposes only, and any reliance on the information provided in it is done at your own risk. This content should only be used or reproduced with the express written permission of Rothschild & Co. The podcast is not provided as a solicitation, recommendation, or invitation to buy or sell any security, fund, or any other banking or investment product. Nothing in this podcast constitutes advice of any sort, and no responsibility is accepted in relation to the fairness or accuracy of it. The value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, and you may not recover the amount of your original investment. Past performance should not be taken as a guide to future performance.